Guys, welcome back. Episode 16 of Take Flight Podcast. Happy Friday to everyone listening and to all you guys. How are you guys feeling? Whoop, 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 whoop. Good. It feels like it's been a long time since we recorded, you know. Most people probably don't know, but Shua and I were traveling. So we had to record like back to back episode. I think it was one Saturday that we were up for like, what, six six hours from, just recording from from 6 a.m yeah just recording so it feels kind of it feels kind of strange being back on a podcast but it's nice to see you guys again it's nice, yeah, to, likewise. See, nice to see everyone's face apart from p he needs, yeah, he, i he, wish he i could say the same but that's <laughs> <what I mean. laughs> so on this week's episode we're going to be talking about mobile phones i think it was a few weeks ago we were looking at everyone's what was it um screen time and how long we spend on mobile phones so this week we wanted to just go into a deep conversation on mobile phones what are the benefits and disadvantages of mobile phones and then shiwo and i will give sort of a recap on our trip so we both traveled back home it feels like it's like coming to america sort of vibe so <laughs> we all travel back home so we're going to just give a debrief on how that was what we learned about going back home and shiwo's also got a book recommendation so Stay tuned and let's get started. Take off, take flight with you. We never fly, but we're flying. The reason why this is kind of funny is we're supposed to be recording about mobile phones, and, and I see Daniel on his mobile phone, <laughs> Pabilo on his mobile phone, Shiwa on his mobile my, phone. My I'm looking at the agenda. <laughs> yeah, I was actually checking the agenda. my notes. Yeah, but actually, say- Ollie, that's a perfect segue for us to kick off this conversation because we're right now recording a podcast and we're all looking at our notes for the podcast on our phone. So I think in this case, you could argue that the phone's been quite useful because it helps the four of us communicate. But a common argument that keeps coming up more and more in the media is are people spending too much time on their phones and away from the stuff that really matters? Mm. And I guess that's the basis for our discussion today. So I think let's start on a let's start on a more on a more positive note. So who thinks having a mobile phone generally has more positives than negatives? And if they think it has more positives, why? I think it's got more negatives, just to avoid the awkward silence, because I think everyone's going to say the same, judging by their, <laughs> face, judging by their facial expressions. <laughs> I think it's positive. So I think it's positive. But it's like anything that's good, if you use it too much or you excessively use it, there's obviously some danger to it. So it's like a little bit of salt is good for your food. Yeah. Too much salt, you know, it can increase right. your blood pressure and everything. <laughs> it's, it's a, it's a double-edged double sword. Um, but what I think is interesting is we should say, if up to this point, if it's been more of a gift to us or a curse. Mm. So you, so Oli, you think it's been more good to you than it has been negative? Correct, correct. So why, been, so why would you say yeah, what outweighs... Productivity for me is just like I remember when I was um working in Dubai. There was one guy who was probably in his late sixties or so, and he was like, "You guys don't know how lucky you have in this office." You know, when we used to do spreadsheets, we used to have to get pen and paper out, and like having technology, mobile phones, has increased our productivity. That's for sure. If I want to get in my car and go somewhere, instead of me pulling out a map and left, right, trying to, I could put my Google Maps on, set it. And I, I'm on my way. So for me, mobile phones, smartphones, technology is always going to have that positive for me. There's obviously negatives here, but positive in terms of productivity and making life easier or making us focus on other stuff so we don't have to use our memory on specific stuff. So like saying calculations I, or not calculations or stuff, I can just Google it. Information, I can just Google it versus having to store and remember it. Just like university days, you know, when you used to just Google all your dissertation stuff imagine you didn't have google p what would you have done then <laughs> no you mean you mean especially especially around um our c plus plus code but then the question is is it about the mobile phone itself or is it that or is it what the mobile phone can allow you to do we all know if you had a old classic nokia 3310 mm. we would have less interaction and time on our phone but because phones these days are smartphones enabling applications to do this that and the other and allows a large reach and allows to use our phone a lot mm. that's where it becomes the distraction but if we use the phone for its true purpose which is 
communication via SMS and mobile telephone calls, mm-hmm. then I think we could say we would all spend a lot less time on our phone. A lot less. Because you have no internet. Yeah, but that's uh, that's the great part about having the f- mobile phone. Back in the day, you used to have those massive computers that you couldn't take out of your house. Now you've got <laughs> smaller laptops. It's just like, for me, there's still that benefit of having internet access on a small phone. I think when we start talking about the negatives, I go into what the negatives no, are. But, but for the me, thing it's is, positive. I, but I, I find that you're pitching the positives, but everybody, like, like that's the baseline. Everybody yeah, yeah. has uses Google Maps, right? And yeah, so yeah. it's more... Like that makes everybody productive, but what's what? How has it benefited you beyond what everybody else uses? If that makes sense, I don't think it's beyond what anyone else. I think it's just I'm comparing it. Maybe I'm getting this wrong, but I'm comparing it to not having the phone. So it's not mm. a comparison of other people's not having access to a mobile phone and the functionalities that it provides. Then I'm doing that comparison. If yeah. we're talking about should there be regulations, limitations on how you use it and how people should use it and what age people should start using smartphones? For sure, we can have a whole conversation about that. How mobile phones and us being connected has an impact on how people start to socialize. Like you go to certain, you go to certain restaurants and you see everyone on their mobile phone. Yeah, For yeah. sure, there's negatives, but you need to put controls in place so that you can minimize that negative aspect of a mobile phone and always being connected to the world. Yeah, I think the biggest, for me, the biggest benefit is just communication because I remember being uh, being back in school and I wasn't even allowed a mobile phone until I was 16. My parents were militant about not getting me a phone. And then when I look at the kids that did have a phone a bit earlier, I always felt like they were always much cooler than me for sure, but they always seemed to be distracted by their phone in class. But then the older I get, the more I appreciate, especially as Oli, you were mentioning about our recent holidays in countries which are a million miles away, um, you can easily interact with like all the cousins, the friends and everyone that I made there. I can literally just pop, find them on WhatsApp and drop them a message and it costs me zero. And that for me is the biggest benefit, mm. just being connected with people. And I think actually, I don't know if Pabila will mention it, but when like face, Facebook, for example, well, like one of the main reasons why I guess you got Facebook P was to stay connected with people that we met in America, that was, that, was, that was a major master, and everyone, was, went, crazy. Remember, everyone went crazy when he got on Facebook. Pitching it to him, hard. He's like, "No, I don't, I don't need it." I don't, and actually, back then, Pabilo did actually used to have a Nokia. Or so, <laughs> yeah, Nokia was seventy-one. No, no, Nokia thirty-three ten and thirty, yeah, no thirty-two ten and thirty-three ten. No, you had the E seventy-one. Don't try that smartphone, that silver one. And then I had uh, sixty-two. I think it was sixty-two ten as well. That phone was solid. <laughs> he was fighting. He was fighting not to get on any sort of social media. He and fought he saw... it for a long time as well. He fought it for a long time. I think I should have held up. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, but wait, I, I, no, P, I... what about your relationship? Like, you did, for a period of time, you were in Switzerland and you were in yeah, a relationship. And Lauren was in, yeah. and Lauren was in, um, the, in London. How did you, didn't a smartphone, a mobile phone, allow you guys to keep that relationship, communicate? Do you feel like... How would I it think, be without the smartphone? No, SMS. No, ever, no, ever yeah, like, oh, no, no, it wasn't SMS, it was letters. <laughs> he, was, he was writing love no, letters. Emails, emails. Emails. <laughs> no, we used, to, we used to communicate on emails back in the day when we was in school um, because I ran up the phone bill at home, so I had to convert to emails. Um, <laughs> <laughs> was one, my mom said to me, my mom said to me, Mom said to me, "Who's this number you keep dialing?" And I was like, oh, "Don't worry, man. Don't worry." <laughs> she goes, "You're on the phone for like eight hours." Excuse me, no, it's less, isn't it? Let's just go. Don't worry, don't worry. Yo, the fact that I you said, said you said, I said it, yeah, you know? my boys, my boys keep changing their numbers. Anyway, so no, but the thing is, evidently, we can't discount the power of uh, the mobile phone. Like, if we think about the education that we can get on, you can flick on YouTube videos and watch a, a talk or, or or a motivational video. The, the opportunity to connect with the world. Like, there's no one, like, I know it may sound funny, but you can, like, the fact that you can just go into anyone's uh, DM and message them, right? Just just the ability to, to be able to connect with people around the world. But I think it's more, like, if I had asked myself the question, has it been more of a help or a hindrance? I think because it's, because it's this drug and this disease that we don't really know how to cope with without longer than like say a week mm. i have to say it's it's more of a hindrance mm. it obviously does help but like if all of us were to go like there must be something there must be something slightly wrong when 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 
if you're if you're asked to sort of sustain sustain from the phone for say a couple of days or a few hours and you struggle to do that hmm. so you're you talk- have to start, yeah. so p you're talking about rely like complete reliance on it that you cannot survive without it and i agree but- but, but is, is, that, is, is that because we as humans crave communication or is that because we are craving to be interactive by looking at things, say, Instagram? But, but the, th- the question you have to ask yourself, is it really, is it really helping? Like, I think, like, on a, on a pie chart, right, there's a fraction, maybe there's, I don't know, 30 40% where there's good things that we extract out of it. But there's a whole load of stuff. It's browsing, it's, it's looking at um, mm. um, things or people that are achieving more than you. And I don't know, it's it's... Sometimes it, it's just even picking up the phone without even realizing you're what you need up. it for. You're yeah. looking at you're looking at what's come through since you last picked up, so your notifications. But sometimes it could be a matter of ten seconds before you pick up again. True. And I, yeah, I don't think anyone's going to disagree with that. And it goes back to me: a, a smartphone which should come with like a manual and say these are the benefits. Yeah, it's true. And these are the side effects because I feel like there's a generation where. And maybe it's not even just smartphone. Maybe you look at the applications on a smartphone. So because mm-hmm. when we talk about comparing and looking to people, people dealing with depression, it's not because they have a smartphone. It's because they might be on Instagram, yeah, Facebook. Yeah, yeah. And because you, you can have a smartphone and not download these apps. No apps. You want to. Like, you could just <laughs> use the so internet. That would be a dead phone. No, but that's because that's what you're used to. If, yeah, if P was living life without social media for time, like he, he was fine. <laughs> Now, now I'm all up on it, boy. Shut <laughs> up. <laughs> now we get, now we get an upload every day. At least one, one upload every day. <laughs> but no, it's so. It's terms of, I think, I don't think anyone's gonna disagree in terms of, like you said, P. There's benefits and there's also side effects. So, for me personally, how do you guys control the side effects of having a smartphone? How do you reduce the reliance on it, the addiction? So- does yeah, anyone, yeah, so, but does so, anyone out of this four think at the moment they're managing it well? None, none of us are. I I'm definitely not. That's the truth. None of us are. Don't speak for me. None of us are. I don't think I'm terribly bad. I'm not. I'm not attached to my phone because I use mine more as a form of communication. So my most frequently used apps will be WhatsApp and FaceTime. Wait, but the thing is, the thing wait, wait, wait. you just basically said I don't. I use my phone mainly for communication. Isn't that one of the aspects of why do you always need to be connected? Isn't that also a... no? I, you didn't let me finish. Okay, go cool. on. My bad. <laughs> my bad. My bad. My bad. When I say the most, the most, so the most people, the most people I call on my phone will be my little cousins and my nieces that are abroad, or and FaceTime the ones that are in the UK. Hmm. I call them every day, not the same ones every day, but my godson every every day. Oh, wow. And then um, at the weekend, always have a catch up with my nieces. Uh, so I call them on FaceTime. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the main reasons I like using my phone. And that's why I think technology has helped me probably better out, outweighs the negative only because I've been able to stay in contact with those that live um, further away. Mm-hmm. For example, my nieces were born in 2012. Sorry, I got that wrong. 2000 and whenever. No, 2012 and 2010. But the one that was born in 2012, I got to see her. Uh, 2013, I went to see her. But I got to speak to the older one via FaceTime. So when she came, she actually knew who I was. Where did they live? Where did they live? Sorry. Where did Atlanta? Okay, Atlanta. Okay, cool, cool. Now that makes sense. I think. Yeah, go ahead, Dan. No, no, I just said that that helped. I think one thing we need to look at is the behaviours that you develop through uh, use, overusing your smartphone. So do you guys, I don't know if you guys have a problem with this, but uh, in the past, you would have to memorise what's in the textbook. You'd have to memorise a, a set of numbers, right? If I asked you guys today, what's your wife or your spouse's number or your mum's number, you wouldn't know. Off by I heart. Okay. I know my mum's number. Okay, I don't, I don't the know. Reason, the reason I know my mum's number is because I gave her my SIM card. So P, obviously I, know, I used to I, know that number. P, I know your number off by heart. Seriously? No. One. <laughs> <laughs> so the thing is, so the thing is, it's more around like that was gonna example, be, that was gonna be hella awkward when he said yeah. that. Yeah, people like really. <laughs> what I'm saying is, you go from a space whereby you 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 taught yourself on how to m- remember, mm. say literature or or long numbers, to now to now a space whereby you don't actually have the patience 
to, yeah. to want to memorize um, information. And another thing as well is the speed at which you receive it is also the speed at which it comes in and leaves. Okay. Like if you think about how ch- how challenging it can be to actually retain information mm. today mm-hmm. because you're you're so busy consuming the next thing, the next thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but yeah, the, so I think it's the I, behaviors that. So, Pete, in that first point that you're mentioning, because I want to challenge that, I'm saying, do you think? Ready, yeah? Do you feel like it's you're not able to memorize stuff, or you're actually focusing on more important things to memorize? So instead of you like memorizing someone's mobile number, which it's not really that important. You could use that memory space on more important yeah. stuff because you've got a mobile phone versus having to remember the direction here, this, 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 this. You can actually use that brain power on something else. I, so I, I do agree with you, but there is also like, I find that the, the memory muscle is weakened. Mm. Like, I'm, like, I hear you're saying, it doesn't necessarily, it's not so valuable to learn all the numbers in your phone book. Why would you need to? Especially if you have something like a phone that has it all for you. But, the muscle that goes into memorizing and and storing information, yeah. I think, weakens because you're so used to taking stuff in. Like mm. tomorrow, you're gonna expect uh, someone that you follow to release a new content. Yeah. So whatever they said the other day, oh, okay, I need to know what they need to. And so that's, I think, it's more paying mm. attention to the behaviors that are cultivated from mm. yeah, the smartphone. So you see, the crazy thing is, like, what you're talking about. The second, like, your other point, I agree with you in terms of now that we're getting so much information in. It's like yeah. an information overload. So not about your memory. It's just like nowadays you open your phone and it's dude, notification, this, 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 this. Yeah. Like our brain is having to process so much information. Yeah. So it's it's like how we adapt as human beings. Like nowadays, what I try to do is try to find ways to minimize as much content that comes to me. Like I narrow down what I like read, look at, okay, Instagram. There's some people I've had to unfollow. I love the fact that Instagram has now started doing that thing where it says um, caution or whatever when it is like a violent video or whatever. You know, like if someone uploads a video. So Instagram's got it. If someone uploads a video that could be disturbing or whatever, it now gives you a prior warning for it. Because sometimes I feel like by us taking all this information in, we are actually impacting ourselves mentally. Because there's sometimes you're on Instagram or whatever and you see like maybe a violent video. And you're like, it makes you feel a certain way, like, or you, or you become immune to it over time, or you become immune, which is all. which is also even worse as well. So, I feel like that point about the fact that we're now hit with so much content and so much information, that is one part of a mobile phone that I don't know how to resolve. That's a negative that I don't know how to resolve apart from locking specific apps and just giving yourself like ten minutes a day that you're gonna take that information. Otherwise, you're gonna go crazy. Yeah. It, no, it, make, it just makes it makes your job in order to focus a lot harder because I, I, I saw I came across something else the other day whereby um, like WhatsApp now Daniel spoke about communication just to come back to this point and the truth like we've we've become immune to it to the point where we don't even realize it anymore but there are so many sort of useless conversations that we have with each other like short texts back and forth okay they may be funny but the point is is that we're just we're just hitting away on the WhatsApp and we're not really saying anything of any meaning. And so Damn, we're back- are you talking about a group chat or something? No, like, no, no, no. The way he's like, I'm just saying. Um, and so like back in the day, for example, if I said, sure, let's meet around, uh, I'll call you, you know, your home line 0208. And I would say, let's meet at the park five o'clock. Like we wouldn't speak until then. When we meet, yeah, we yeah, catch yeah. up. Today, I say, let's meet up uh, somewhere at five o'clock. From then, from that point until we meet up, messaging, chatting, talking, <laughs> short texts, this and that, LOL, laughing. So, yeah. I don't know. I think I think it's more paying attention to behaviors. But um, you know, you, we spoke. You, someone mentioned about how do we sort of control um, ourselves. One one, uh, I'm reading a book at the moment called Atomic Habits, and I, it would be good at some point to to share it as a book review. But it spoke about um, one chapter there was talking about like how to improve your self control. Are you guys laughing for? I'm laughing because I know when we do that book review, Ollie's going to double check the book. <laughs> no, it's fine, it's fine. But it was it was talking a lot, like for example, um, so for example, the way I would define self control would be: this is my phone. It's I've just left it here to the side, and I'm going to try and do work, and I'm going to try to refrain from going to my phone. Mm-hmm. But I've, I'm making it harder for myself because it's right next to me. Yeah. So it, it spoke about like designing an environment and having cues to the point where it you don't even, even need to try and have self-control. It, so, for example, in this instance, leave the phone somewhere else. Yeah. 
Mm. Right. And I know it sounds very obvious, but we don't do it. We, we, we mm. don't think yeah. about leaving our phone in another room or in a box for at least the next two hours and just doing, I don't know, work or something else. So, P, that is critical, man. The one I want to like, I'll hold myself and call myself account and take my um, hold myself accountable to it. But like before I go to bed, I'll check my emails or check my phone, yeah, Instagram. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you find yourself still awake 45 minutes afterwards. You're like, yo, <laughs> yeah, like I said, I'm going to, so that's one thing I want to start doing. Like, I think we discussed it before. I think, I'm not sure if it was P or Shual that said it, that they charge their phone outside of their room. Yeah. So yeah, I, that's one. Yeah. P said he does a different room and I said I do it on the opposite bedside table. Yeah. I think that's something I need. I need to just put outside my room. Yeah. And just be like, it's time for bed and just go to bed. Because I find myself wasting 45 minutes before going to bed. And I'm like, yo, what's going on? And it's midnight. And you're like, what did I gain from this 45 minutes? Yeah. Actually, I want to try that as well. I've been putting it. I try to, when I wake up in the mornings, not go on my phone for the first hour. And it's the days where I do that, I we can really do, I can really have the most productive mornings. And at nighttime, I try to have one hour before I go to bed without it. But sometimes having it in the same room is not helping. So yeah. actually, I'll try it as well. I'm going to put it in another room. Mate, I'm telling you, it talks about design that environment so that you don't even have to try and discipline yourself. And just on that point as well, Pete, that you made about what I've been trying to do this week at work, because I realized having those two weeks in Bangladesh where I was, my routine was completely out of whack, now being back in the office, I think also maybe it's a combination of fasting as well, but I'm getting really easily distracted. So actually, the last couple of days with my phone, I put it in my filing cabinet, which is away from me. But still, every like 10 minutes, I just go pick it up. <laughs> <laughs> but this is, this is, this is exactly, the thing is, don't you find, like, the thing is, but it's, again, we've become True, immune I'm to fine. that. It's but doesn't, like, sometimes, sometimes that, that sort of addiction or wanting to go after it, after putting it down, like, 15 minutes ago, disturbs me. Yeah, yeah, it does. It, it actually, and this week is something that is it's great that we're having this conversation now because it's really frustrating me because this week I've noticed it more. And maybe it's because I can't eat or drink anything at the office. So there's not really much I can do apart from try and do work. Um, but, <laughs> well, what, 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 you get paid, what you get paid to do. <laughs> yeah. but, it's, uh, but no, it's, it's true. I need to try and make, make it a bit easier for myself this month. So like, I guess I want to get to the, like, to the root of this. So if you guys, when you guys have kids, Shual, if you've got any kids out there. Um... <laughs> no, no, no. Let me be serious. Let me be serious. No, we, like, we, where you... We've all got some examples running around the world. <laughs> no, but... No, no. But it's serious, though. When you have kids, will you allow them... Will you allow them to have mobile phones? At what age? See, this is... You know why, you know why this is tough? Or what because age would you allow them to have mobile phones, then? We're moving, we're moving into a space whereby it's, it's advisable that your children know how to code and they know all about yeah. uh, such devices. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I don't know, the behaviours that it develops, it's, I mean... I don't know, I think... You, you I, know. I think... Go ahead, I, yeah, I think for me it's about, um, like anything, providing a framework in which they can actually use the device. Mm. And so then it's, then it's acceptable because there are... And it's getting them to sort of understand it's, it's best to use this device at certain times of the day. Mm. And you appreciate it more if you've given yourself certain pockets. Mm. But if it's just a free free handheld device and you can use it whenever you want, at some point in time, they're going to just start, you know, getting themselves into looking at all sorts and then learning how different things work. And yeah. it's not, it, it does, I, personally, from what I've seen from young kids as well, it doesn't develop the best behaviors. Like I've seen kids whereby if you put it away, they're going to cry, scream, kick the house down. As soon as you put it back in their face, they, they're quiet. No, you yeah. see. So it. it's, it's like that becomes stronger than you as a parent. Hmm. And then, and I don't think you want that. Yeah. You see so many kids that are now addicted. Like you might go to when I'm, sometimes I'm in church, I see kids like parents just to keep their kids so they're quiet. They give, quiet. Them, their phone, they give them the phone. And then you yeah, just see good. like a two year old, three year old, just like, yeah, it's bad. Going, like, like it's like, like it's some sort of drug that they're taking from, from yeah. the having of um, the phone. But, but you know what's interesting? Why is it that we're actually fighting this sort of two sides? Which is, we understand, like, we keep if we think smartphones are good and they're useful and their speed of information, mm-hmm. then like, we must think there's something wrong with it. I know we're discussing it, but what I'm saying is like, if we're going to bring our kids into the world instead, and we're thinking, no, nah, we're not going to give them the device, then what? 
What are we gonna do now? But but but, but our, <laughs> our brain has matured to a way that you we can deal with it, control it. Like when yeah, you but see, do you think? Yeah, but do you believe that? I personally believe that. I don't get. I don't at get. At least better than kids. Oh, at least better than a child would take it. In terms of, I don't see stuff on social media that I'm like, oh. This rules I, you know, my day. You know, I don't, you know it's funny. I don't think I don't think we're any much different from these kids that we're talking about. I when you're on so. your, when you, but the, the thing but is, listen, when, you, when you're on your phone, when you're on your phone scrolling, you're yeah. not saying anything. You're very quiet. You're very calm. When when you when you're not on your phone, let's I don't know. I'm just giving an example, but you're talkative, loud, screaming, yeah. and shouting. But the phone calms you down. Yeah, but that's you're talking about that aspect. <laughs> I'm talking about like this aspects of like. Uh, no social inter- unable to socialize and interact with people there's certain kids that are socially awkward because of the fact that they don't know how to interact with people because they're just used to being on their phone they don't know how to make friends in what we would class as the real world mm. we can now use a phone and still be able to make you know, Pete, mm, you know daniel you're sometimes socially awkward but you know <laughs> no, you know, no it's, it's funny the more you the more you do the more you narrate the more i think that it sounds just like adults as well because you think so? Like we, like for example, we've seen it. We go to restaurants and everyone's on their phone. That's not that's not socializing. Everybody everybody yeah. knows each other, but we're not socializing. Nah, that's fair. That's fair. That is fair. Daniel, what are you gonna say? I I don't. I can't remember. Now, big man, I've seen I've seen you on your phone scrolling because you're comfortable. You've got this face. You make this face, yeah. It's Daniel on his phone face. I've seen do it not so disturb. It's like a do not disturb sign. Do not disturb. <laughs> and you are scrolling. No, I can I can I can, <laughs> I can detach myself from, from the phone. I think this weekend in particular, I wasn't on my phone for a good eight hours. You know, I didn't touch my phone for a good eight hours. Uh, in one continuous go, so when I when I saw my phone, it, it's a bit overwhelming when you see all the notifications. I just ignore them till the next day. But I was gonna say, with children, it's a taught behaviour by them being given an iPad or a mobile phone to do things because they're they're a blank canvas. They they are learning these traits by what they're given. So if you give them a book all the time, a picture book, they're gonna just always look at a picture book. Trust me. If you give them a phone or a, something to watch. That's what they become and they crave. So if you're out and they're on a pram, they want the iPad. If they're out, you automatically give it to them because you know they're going to be quiet. But really and truly, this is not a question I'm saying that is good or bad or questioning it, but is that good parenting? By giving a child an iPad to be quiet, is that good parenting? I don't know. But um, that just a, that's just a question. But also, as an adult, what do we... We may be... I think it's not that the mobile phones are bad. Maybe it's the increased... Um, functionality of mobile phones that have made it more detrimental to our own beings being we have less interaction and communication skills we're unable to retain information and knowledge we often become lazy rather than in the old days you have like an encyclopedia to look at a big one it's just wikipedia or Olu's favorite google so we're not finding things out for ourselves it was even us talking to someone the other day i missed like I feel sorry for kids these days. I really feel sorry for them because they haven't got what we had growing up. We would go to our friend's house, we'll knock on the door, you're coming out to play. They shout, Mum, can I go out those, to play? Yeah, those are the days. That's it. That's it. You come out and play. You, your your mum knows, your mum and dad, your parents know you're outside playing somewhere, but they don't know, but they know you're going to come back. And you had all this fun of just going and knocking on someone's door. You go outside and play, you come back. And you basically get ready for bed to go to school the next day. Trust me, fried yeah, chicken and BMX bikes. <laughs> you, and the crazy thing, you never looked at your phone once. Like you didn't even. Sometimes you never take. You never take out. No, yeah, like a basic. You know those Nokia's, those funny square Nokia's. Yeah, the seventy six ten. Yeah. There was there was you know back in those days what you had what no three G you had WAP what yeah. for internet take ten minutes. <laughs> WAP, you know. <laughs> that that hey, used to be hella slow. Hey, when <laughs> when did you guys get your first mobile phone? I was in year seven. My brother gave it to me in the year quad. Seven. Like, seven. 3210 after this because my parents. You were balling, Daniel. No, no, no. What about you? Probably gave it to me. He didn't even have a phone. Sometime in primary school. I can't remember the age specifically. Primary school. Yeah. Like late, late, late. I was 16. 16 before you had a phone. But mine was like a simple, like, I don't even think it was Nokia. It was like a simple make phone calls. (laughs) Be communi- like, the, communicate, like communicate with yeah, and then. So you guys, schools. you guys had you guys had older siblings, right or no? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think that's what made it because I was the oldest in my house. I had to fight for my rights, like Nelson Mandela, and there was no <laughs> way 
There was no way my mum and dad were going to give me a phone before the age of 16. I, I cried, I shouted, I screamed, and nothing. Yeah, I got a, I got a photo to send in year eight. Five pound top up. Yeah. <laughs> I was gassed. <laughs> I sent messages straight away, boy. Um, Dan, as you was as you was talking earlier, you know what I was thinking. I think one thing I fear is being in a position where because now we're so used to going to Google, when your child asks you questions around, you know, Dad, why this and why that, I'm gonna tell him Google like, it. No, you say, oh, you know, why is it that um, I don't know, the trees are the way they are, or the mountain is the way it is, or the snow caps, or whatever it may be. And you have to go to Google to find out. But that, that, that's that's bad. And look, the thing is, we rely heavily on on Google, thinking that is the truth. There's so much false things that can be found, or there can be anything you want to find to prove your argument on Google, but it may not be correct. You know, I saw, you know what's so funny? I saw one funny meme here where it was like, um, parents are sending their kids to school with the wrong homework. And that's what happens when you don't Google it. When your ch- child is asking you to help them with their homework and you're trying to just you're just trying to figure out, that's what happens. So sometimes you just need to hold your hands up and say, you know what, I don't know. And let me Google yeah, let's, it. Let's learn together. <laughs> let's learn together, yeah. No, no I think that's, that's been a dope topic. Has anyone got anything else to add or we can sort of move on to the next. Do you guys have any no, final tips? For yeah, yeah my, so my one thing is basically to create an, to create an environment which, which doesn't mean that, which basically prevents me from having to discipline myself. So, looking to put, looking to leave the phone in the corridor, um, at times where I know I need to do work, or at times where I'm going to bed. It doesn't need to be in the sitting room or the bedroom. Because the funny thing as well is, whatever I'm going to see now, I can see tomorrow morning. Yeah, and it won't actually change your day or outcome that much. Mm. Yeah, from I think it's just making sure I have time away from it so it's when i come home putting my phone somewhere not looking at it unless it's an emergency or some re- just having time away from it is the key thing um i'm i'm not the best at that at the moment um but yeah that's something i need to work on like leave my phone at home go for a long walk or something like that just so that you can just feel connected to the world so that's going to be my big thing I would say that technology has brought us close together, but also taken us further apart. So what's, so what's your advice there? Because <laughs> <laughs> I sounded like a don't quote, quote, but I didn't hear any advice. <laughs> I would say use it. Oh, and that's it. I'll say use it sensibly. Mm. We need to get that on a t-shirt. We need to get that on a t-shirt, you know? Add it to the hat. And then for me... No, but Daniel, what, sorry, sorry, sure. That, Daniel's advice is a little bit watered down. You know why? Because he, he likes the communication piece a lot. Come on, Daniel. Give me, no, give no, me a no. strong one. A strong one. I want a strong one. What? Strong, a strong tip. That is... It's a strong tip. But it's using in moderation. That's all it is because anything you use excessively, whether it's good for you, will ultimately become bad. Mm. It's all in it's all in moderation, but everyone needs to find way? everyone needs to find a balance because I'm sure if they were to say But how do you like, find your balance? I'm trying how to do say you find if, your balance? if they were to say smartphones increase this XYZ on your on their effects of your on your body, people would quickly drop that um drop the mobile phone. Mm-hmm. Because we don't know the effects that mobile phone we're not I haven't gone into it, but the effects of the radiation that the phones are emitting, um yeah, the yeah. mic the microwaves, the white the waves that the phone emits in the house. Um, and wherever it may be, all these, even they're talking about 5G waves, you don't know what the effects it has to our body. So what's, like, what do you do so that you can manage it? So what's, what are you doing at the moment to manage it? <laughs> That's what I'm saying. He ain't. <laughs> <laughs> that watered down advice. He ain't. To manage it, okay, to manage it, I have um, allocated times when I use my phone throughout the day. Oh, like the screen, the screen. No, no, I don't use screen time. So okay. on my way to it, I don't use my phone. On the way home from work, I don't use my phone. Uh, yeah, on my, on my commute, I just don't use my phone. I don't. I always just look. I'm reading, but also it's funny. I observe other people on the train who are just engrossed, looking down at their phone, hurting their neck. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> one, one thing I say about the screen time, yeah. Do you know that if you're on your WhatsApp call, it will cut off the call. Yeah, yeah. I, I did it. What? I was on the phone, and then because of the screen time limit. Yeah. Oh, my phone got cancelled. Oh, I said, what? <laughs> <laughs> I said, say what? All right. Sure. Sure. 
The, the Messiah, the social no, media Messiah. Definitely not this week. One thing is, um, Pete just mentioned is screen time. So most iPhones, I think Samsung's also have it, is a free tool on phones that are built in nowadays where you can set a limit on certain apps. And I have a limit for social media specific ones, which includes WhatsApp, Instagram, Facebook, etc. So that's good. And then the other tip, I think I mentioned it before when you talked about morning routines, and I'll touch upon it later on in, in my book review, is try and be away from your phone for the first hour of the day and the last hour. And normally that helps set your day up well and also helps you sleep better as well because you're not in front of that blue light before you go to bed. Top. Cool. So next bit. Now we shift to holidays. Now, Olu, I think you on your holiday, you were on a beach, you were in lots of different places in Nigeria. So I want to hear about your one first. Um, so mine was a mixed one. So the reason I went back to Nigeria was for a funeral. But whenever I go back to Nigeria, I try to split it up. So I spend, try to spend a period of time in Lagos, just catching up with friends. So went to Takwa Beach um, in um, Nigeria. So every time I go to Nigeria, I'm always telling my friends, I need to go to a beach. I need to see the the side of Nigeria, Lagos that they don't show on TV. Is it summer? Is it summer there now or not? Yeah, it's extremely hot at the moment. It's crazy hot. Um, so spent some time with some friends out there. They showed me around, showed me a good time. Um, then I went to Ibadan, which is where I was born and also where my grandma lived um, for the funeral. So that was, it was one of those, like she, she died at 96. So it wasn't really like a morning experience, if that makes Long sense. Long life. It was more like a celebration of life. Mm. So I stayed at my um, cousin's place, her and her husband's place. And it was just amazing. Like the mm. celebration, being around family, being around my nieces and nephews. It was just so much love. Mm. Um, so that was it. And then um, my uncle um, got quite a lot of businesses out there. So he's just established a farm out in Nigeria. So he was like, look, let me take you around. Let me show you the farm that him and his wife have put together and built. Um, they have like 20 acres and wow. it was just, it was beautiful to see and just like picking his brain in terms mm. of, okay, so how did you go back home? Cause he, he, most of his businesses, he travels for his businesses in London and stuff, but he, did he spend majority of his time in London before and then moved back? Yeah. Or? So he was living in um, London. My auntie, she was living in um, London as well, and they both relocated back to Ibadan because they just felt like it was where they needed to be. They felt mm. like it was where God was sending them in terms of purpose. So they mm. felt like them going back there and opening up a farm which uh, provides eggs and provides eggs to like most of Ibadan and some of the local villages outside of there. He felt like that was his purpose, and he's got a charity out there, um, Love Trust Charity where they like feed people education and he just felt like going back home was his purpose and giving back so mm. he like we talked about how he got set up like treasury how bonds long, how long did it take him 13 years and i love that because that made me feel like so many times i'm looking at my life and like i'm i'm not there yet i'm not there mm. yet i'm not there yet and seeing someone be so patient and build little stuff little by little he was telling me like years ago he was buying treasury bonds which they give them like um i think it's like 13 percent return and i'm like yo 13 percent bonds like guaranteed <laughs> and he was like yeah first he like invested in that for a period of time and then he was like how he employed a bunch of consultants so instead of him just say oh i'm gonna figure this out myself actually studying understanding all the different areas about own buying, building, and owning a productive farm, mm. um, which are like his consultants that he still even pays, even though they're not like working on his specific part, um, farm, but paying them so that he can tap into that knowledge, be ahead of the game. That was just inspirational, that element of it as well. Um, and then I ended up going back then to Lagos with my brothers because most of the time they come to Nigeria. It's mainly just to see family. So I was like, cool, let me take you guys out. Let's have mm. some fun. Let me show you the different side of Lagos and Nigeria. So it was just a beautiful trip. Lots of emotions from yeah. the fun aspect of it to the emotional, obviously, the celebrating my grandma's life to also then the inspirational aspect of it to say, okay, 
it's all about patience thinking about the long game and building day by day mm. so yeah that was my trip and you know I, I was actually wondering you know Lagos is that the type of like what's tourism like there like if I wanted to book a holiday and go there next week is it the kind of place where I could go and there's things as a tourist that I could do or is the don't tourism go, industry don't, growing don't on? go by yourself nah <laughs> that's not true Watch all the Nigerian listeners, yeah, go in Daniel's um, comments and put a Nigerian flag so that he can, (laughs) so that he knows that he needs to stop sending for Nigeria. Now, I know you're playing. But no, I think it's, if you want to have a great time in Nigeria, I would say you definitely go with someone that's from there. Um, Just because there's ways, and Daniel, you can probably chime in on this, but there's certain ways of navigating. I'm sure it's exactly the same as when you go back home. Like, for you to truly enjoy it, it you want to know someone locally so that they can navigate the infrastructure mm. in terms of commuting and driving around yeah. i would say is the most frustrating part of nigeria for me the traffic mm. lagos now you've got uber so even i was able to just get in an uber drive around yeah. um but the traffic sometimes the roads especially when you leave the island area mm. can be very bad so but yeah, I would say tourism is good out there. Like people go there. Abuja is also a really good place in Nigeria that a lot of people go and travel there. I've got. Man, I'll be down so. next time if you go next year. I am down for going. I know I'm one guy that wants to go end of this year. They've got this. Um, he wants to go Ghana. They've got mm. this thing called Afro Cella. Cella. Mm. It's supposed mm. to be like the African version of Coachella. Yeah. And it's not like the Five Festival. This is year two. So it actually exists <laughs> and it's not like... When is it? When is it? When is it's it? in December, December period. Right. So he wants to go there and then go to Nigeria as well. Like if you go to Lagos and Rochella. like end of the year, it's yeah. the best time. Best time. Oh, cool. Best time. But what about you? What about your trip? How was yours? Um, so yeah, so I went to uh, Bangladesh and for me, this is the first time I've been since 2005. So the last time I was, I was 15 years old and now I'm 28, going to turn 29 in a few months time. So for me, the whole trip was... Um, I loved it. It exceeded my expectations, and I came away feeling like there was lots of lots of different feelings. I think the first thing, first thing for me was a massive sense of gratitude, mm. because my my mum is from a more wealthier part, or a relatively wealthier part of Bangladesh, but my father's from a very rural village, and he was the youngest of seven siblings that weren't. Um, that was able to get the opportunity to come to the UK when he was 13 years old. Now, when I'm there, none of his other brothers or sisters, so my uncles and aunties, none of them got the chance to come to the UK and none of their kids have been able to have the opportunities that I have had of going to the school in the UK, going to university in London, etc. Now, when I was there and I was spending time with my cousins, um, seeing the life that they've had, some of the challenges that they've faced, I was sitting there thinking, A, I can't believe how friendly these people are to me, considering I've not really been part of their life as much the last 14, 15 years. But B, seeing the life that they're living, that could have easily been me Mm. in their shoes. And if I think about the last 15 years, all the amazing things that I've been really lucky to have based on my parents' hard work, I would never have been able to do that just completely on a stroke of luck because of who my who my dad was versus one of my uncles or aunties. So that was the biggest thing for me is just having this gratitude of how lucky I am and how the amazing opportunities I've had. And then that actually was the second thing where it helped me become more motivated in the sense that there's so many people back there, like a whole village of people that I can really impact and make their lives really significantly better from very small actions. And I was telling um, Pavila the other evening that when I went there, I was planning to only spend not that much, actually. But when I was there, and I was meeting my nephews and these are all young guys who are going to school and et cetera. Um, their mobile phones that they had, for example, were whack. And they were telling me how to help them study better. If they could have better phones, they could connect with their friends. It's funny we talk about this in this episode. So I actually got um, four of them new mobile phones then one of my... What were those, what were those, were those four new iPhones each? No, no, Samsung, actually, Samsung, because iPhones aren't so big. Um, another one, another one of my nephews who was working out there, every day he was having to get a taxi to and from work, and he's now a pharmacist. And when I, I went with him a couple of days to his uh, shop that he was working in, and I saw the commute they had to do. Now, it's not substantial, but a lot of his other friends, they already have transport. They can get a motorbike to, to work. 
So after seeing him and following him to his office for a couple of days, I actually ended up buying a motorbike for him because I knew that it would make a big impact in his life and he can get to and from work a lot easier. And he's actually helping my uncles and aunties a lot more. So it made me realize that these small things that I'm spending money on in the Western world on myself or my mm. immediate family, I could use that money over there and help a lot more people um, with even less money as well. So that was something that I really, uh, it gave me that motivation to ensure that I keep working hard. Sure, you know uh, what is so crazy, yeah? You're yeah. going to get so many DMs from random random cousins or fake <laughs> relatives like hey sure man it's been a long time so i didn't catch you up when you're back home but you know well, man no, is... <laughs> my rule is if people are doing really well and they're focused on education or they're building a career anyway then i'm happy to help because i'm, I'm because ideally you can be the accelerator that they need and i realize for a lot of these people you're just for them to interact with you you're basically the hope for them because mm. it shows them that there's opportunities out there and if something good comes up, then they can reach out to someone that can really push the needle for them. So, so yeah, so very lucky, the first point. And second is um, gratitude and uh, motivation. And actually, on the third, the third point is just opportunities. So I think, Olu, that you were mentioning about your, your uncle and his farm. So on the flip side, I met some uncles on my mother's side of the family who are building 10-story um, apartment blocks with each story with three apartment units. They bought like shopping malls that they're redeveloping. So I saw a completely different side of Bangladesh where um, I also spent a couple of days in the capital. And the, this growing economy is the third biggest economy. Sounds like I'm just plugging Bangladesh hard right now. But there's lots of growth. And I can imagine Nigeria being exactly the same. Mm. So now after those three points that I mentioned about um, the gratitude, super motivated and the opportunities that they have, I'm actually hoping that I want to try and go back every year and keep these roots that I've... Uh, made intact because there's so much opportunity out there man and there's a lot of people that you can help and that actually want to help you do well as well so sure so yeah. what what do you like about it because i think we both and there's probably things that we saw that we didn't we both didn't like or appreciate when we went back home mm. was there anything that you saw or you experienced that you didn't you didn't enjoy um i think it's, it's similar to countries like india where the income gap between the really poor mm. and the wealthy is huge yeah. Um, I'm not used to walking down the street in Basel and seeing people beg down the street mm -hmm. with no legs, with no arms, with blind kids. I'm not used to that. Whereas when I was there, especially in the city, mm. you're walking around and seeing that all the time. Now, mm. it's not nice feeling immune to that, but naturally when you see it a lot, yeah. um, for people out there, you do get immune to it. So that's something that I really did not like. Mm -hmm. And that's something, that's a problem that's been around for a while. I don't know if I can really changed that myself but every time i saw a kid like that i tried to help mm. uh, but that's something that i really did not like to see and it's something that you're not used to seeing here mm. that's the biggest thing for me no i think for me was and daniel you might be able to chime in on this one but when i went there i didn't like the fact that i saw so much investments and successful people that were non-african or nigerian Oh, really? So like we started and, and especially in Nigeria, we started to see like an influx of investments from China, mm. um, especially. And also you go there and there's a lot of like restaurants, supermarkets are owned by like Lebanese people. Really? Um, yeah, a hell of a lot. So I mean, that was... can you see them? Like, is it, do you notice them? Yeah, you can. You can see people them. around. Yeah, you can see there's more Lebanese and Chinese people. But you can also see them when you go to certain supermarkets or restaurants. You might see like the manager come out, and he's definitely he's Lebanese or like you can. Right. So I think yeah, it even gets to the point where my, uh, my brother-in-law is it last week or two weeks ago. Um, there's a Chinese restaurant that's opened in Ikeja, and they were told to go away. It's not for blacks. Yeah. Really? They were told it was not for blacks. And it was no joke. And he said, Yeah, go away, get lost. Like mm. it's so it's it's quite detrimental. Although they're That's adding true. money to the economy, what they're also doing is they um create their own areas and their own kind of community. Yeah. So they bring more of their family, more Chinese people in, but they'll exclude black people or Nigerians, local people, but they'll give them jobs. But they're always gonna be low paid jobs and nothing that's gonna be substantial. But they create their own community. They refuse to learn the language, speak English. They'll speak uh, Mandarin, Cantonese, etc., and basically create their own community. That's crazy. And it's not even as Nigeria is getting bad, but it's even worse in uh, Congo. That's got a lot of Chinese influence. When I was in Zambia last year, you can see, you know, I was quite amazed that Zambia 
being the kind of country it is compared to Nigeria, had a lot better roads, nice tarmac, uh, no traffic, and it was a lot cleaner. Uh, but then on the flip side, you realise why that is. It's because of the investment from overseas investors mm. and selling a lot of, the, you know, what, what they'll do is the country will give them billions of dollars as a loan. And ultimately, there's a stipulation as to when that needs to be paid back. And of course, it can't be paid back and it won't be paid back. So when that is a breach of contract, they'll say, you know, we just own part of this and, you know, we're not, we're not, we're not leaving, basically. Mm. Man, that's crazy. Yeah, you, you know... Uh... Jay-Z did a freestyle the other day at his concert and he said a line something about something along the lines of gentrify your own hood or area before the others do. Mm. And it's about kind of investing in your own culture. So that's that's actually, I never would have guessed Nigeria would be like that, but these... So that's just cultures. one area that we just need to be careful about. And as a, just as a country, yes, you want the investment, but there needs to be laws in place so that one, countries don't take advantage and you but make... Do, but- yeah, you make sure that do you know, it's partnerships do, with local people. Do you also know what that? Do you also know what that is? It's because those in power in government yes, are making these deals, also, yes, and they're going to obviously yes. take the back and get the money. Yes, and of course, it doesn't affect their we generations, know. generations to come. A bit like Brexit, but anyway, we, yeah, exactly. we digress. But now that's stop. Um, let's. Why don't we move on to the book recommendation? Because I know we've been. But I enjoyed the trip. Yo, I recommend anyone to go to Lagos. Um, I'm down. Enjoy. Next so time you go, it's just like a type of holiday trip, Ollie. I would definitely join. But you didn't ask about my trip. Where did you go? I went to Blackpool. <laughs> <laughs> why, why are you mocking me? I went to Blackpool. How was Blackpool? Oh wow! Yeah, I went to see Blackpool Tower. Have you been to Blackpool before? No. Nah. Exactly. So, so don't try. not Yeah, yeah like, <laughs> it's not my list of places no, to go. Like, we'll tell, okay, cool. Never mind. Anyway, let's move on. Okay. Right, cool. Book review, yeah? So, Oli, don't start sending shots at me like you did with Pamela in the last episode, right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm pre warning you, and it's on the audio. So, <laughs> right. So, the book that I'm talking about, and it kind of summarizes everything that we're talking about today, um, it's called The Miracle morning i don't know if you guys have read it it's called the miracle morning um by hal elrod and it's the six habits that will transform your life before 8 a.m now i think we've spoken a lot about morning routines and i think we've spoken a lot about how to do it properly i think for me this book was great because of the timing of it because i read this while i was on holiday in bangladesh when my routine went completely out the window like i would go to sleep late wake up late the first thing I do when I wake up is go on my phone. Then I rock then I rock out to the living room. My grandma's making me breakfast. It's an unhealthy breakfast. It's just a terrible routine from start to finish. No exercise. But this book basically reminded me of the, the importance of the morning, morning routine. What I love about it is it gives you tangible steps on what you can do to wake up and be productive. And he basically ties it around the story of how he nearly died in a car crash. And how after his car crash in the recovery, he tried lots of different things, but nothing really got him out of his depression and into a better mood until he adjusted his morning, just starting off by running in the morning, which later turned into him building a better routine and then ultimately creating this book and becoming a very successful, uh, successful person. Now, a couple of tips that I wanted to share, which I thought were very, very uh, cool, is one principle of it being kind of mind over matter. Now, I think, do you guys know what's the, actually, let me ask you guys a question. What's your, what's the average amount of hours sleep you get at night? Uh, seven. Five, six. Five, six. Six, Ollie? seven. Six, seven. Six, seven. P, what's yours? Yeah, about six. Six, yeah. And do you guys know what the recommended amount is? Eight. No, eight. I, th- I think eight's too much. Seven. I think yeah, that's exciting. I think depending on which article you read, it can be range between seven to eight. But what he did is... But he did like, I told you. So he did an experiment. <laughs> sure, big man. Um, so the experiment that he did is um, rather than focus on the hours of sleep, he focused on his thoughts before he went to bed. So there were some days where he, before he went to bed, he set himself to have eight hours of sleep. And before he went to bed, he said to himself, okay, I'm going to have eight hours sleep, but this isn't going to be enough because I've had such a tiring day. And lo and behold, he goes to sleep, wakes up after eight hours, and he's still feeling tired. He did that all the way down to, I think, three or four hours sleep. So one night he was saying, look, I'm so tired already. Well, I'm going to get three or four hours sleep. Woke up the next day and he was tired. 
Now he flipped it. And then what he did is before he went to sleep, even though he only allowed himself to sleep for four hours, he said beforehand, I'm so grateful that I'm getting these four hours sleep because it's better than three hours of zero sleep. And then when I wake up, I'm going to feel refreshed. Then when he woke up the next morning, he actually felt less tired than he did when he had eight hours sleep telling himself, oh, I'm going to be knackered by the time I wake up. So the key point that he was trying to say is the, the, the point and the, the message that you tell yourself before you go to bed, no matter what hours of sleep you're having, can have an impact on your mood when you wake up. Because typically the last thought you have when you go to sleep tends to be the first thought you have um, when you wake up the next morning. That was one of the points, and that actually led to a section where this is very easy, five tangible steps on how to have a better morning. So the first one, as I mentioned, is set your intentions the night before. So this is probably the most important step. Before you go to bed, try to give yourself positive thoughts, tell yourself that you're going to have enough sleep, and you're actually genuinely excited about the sleep you're going to have. Two, and this is one that Pabila has mentioned in previous episodes, about keeping your alarm clock across the room. So if your alarm clock is in a physically different location and you're already up to switch it off the chances are you're not going to go back to bed to snooze third one and i think daniel's big on the personal hygiene is brush your teeth if you brush your teeth in the morning <laughs> and you're already starting that i'm not picking out daniel because he brushes his teeth more than all of us i think we all brush our teeth equally um but brushing your teeth in the morning does wake you up especially first thing after you're out of bed the, the fourth one is drink a full glass of water. If you hydrate yourself in the morning and you set your digestive system kind of on, this also is more inclined to wake you up. And then the final one um, is your first outfit of the day should be your workout clothes. Because at least once you've exercised, you have to give yourself the right of earning the shower rather than just getting a shower in the first place. So these are the five very tangible steps. I, I personally love this book because it's very easy to read. It's not a... It's not, an easy, it's not an easy book to read in the sense of there's quite a lot of pages, as I'm proving to Olu before he tells me it's a 10-page book. P, you hear that? There's a lot of pages. Oh, you there's can a lot of pages. You can, you can speed read this. I read this in, a, in one like two-hour flight that I was on. So I read it in the whole flight. And I've got lots of post-its as well, just to prove to Olu that I read it. <laughs> um, no, you definitely need to upload those tips because those tips sounded actually dope. So I yeah. think you need to upload on the Instagram page. Just oh. remind us. I'm going to post it on my own Instagram page because I haven't done it for a while. And then I'm going to post it on Take Flight. The Miracle Morning. Miracle Morning by Hal Elrod. Dope. So apart from, um, I guess, the tips that you you mentioned, do you like what did, didn't you like about the book? I guess it would be yeah, like, what do you feel like? Or what do you feel like is missing? In terms nothing, of like the morning nothing, schedule. Nothing, there's, there's nothing I didn't like. For me, it was the perfect reminder of everything that I haven't been doing during my time in Bangladesh. So, so, so it gave me like the jolt that I needed to be like, okay. And also, I think we talked about it before. With routines, they go both ways. So if you have a good morning today and you have a good morning tomorrow, the effect, it, it compounds. Mm. Also, in reverse, if you have one bad morning and then it turns into two bad mornings and then you're like, as you know, what? let me have seven days where I just wake up a bit later. I've noticed myself that my focus changes, my mood changes, my body fat percentage probably changes as well. And I just I'm just not I'm not feeling 100 percent. So for me, it was the best reminder. I would say, though, if you're already operating on a very good morning routine, reading this, you're not going to really learn anything new for me it just came at the right time where my routine was just off whack mm. and it just gave me the reminder and kick that i needed cool so I knew, i'll probably get you uh actually no i'm not going to buy you a copy i'll buy a copy for anyone that tags us in the stories this week no don't so really appreciate that um book review shua so i guess that's the ep- end of episode number 16 man one daniel making progress daniel your turn yo have we received any emails or no? No emails? No emails, but have you all enjoyed that activity on our Tate Flat podcast page? I've been, mm. I've been loving the Instagram page. I I'm have, not going to lie. I'm I not going to lie. It's been, it's been a lifesaver, Daniel. I'm not going to lie. So wait, now that she was back, does he get it back or has he been kicked? I'll finish, I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll, no, 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 no. I'll finish, I'll finish off this week, but episode, I'll finish, I'll finish off. And then I'm going to pass it over back to uh, Chief Marketing and Communications Officer. Daniel, you were was, you was on a roll, though, but all right, cool, no problem. 
<laughs> no, I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't want to. You know, I don't want to do your duties whilst you're back. You know, it'll be, it'll be well, you know, Ramadan is until the end of May. So <laughs> yeah. I'm just saying. But let's talk offline. Let's talk offline. Dope. Daniel, your liner. Oh, sorry. <laughs> That's what I was waiting. Oh, wow. <laughs> I hope you've enjoyed the episode. If you have any feedback for us, feel free to uh, DM us or comment on a post on our Instagram page, which is at Take Flight Podcast. Alternatively, you can email us at takeflightpodcast at gmail.com. Have a great Friday. Have a blessed weekend. We'll see you next week. Take care and God bless. Wow. Take off, take